Radio Brews News, the podcast that sold its soul. My name's Matt Kirkegaard, the editor of Australian Brews News, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, colleague, executive producer, and all-around good guy, Pete Mitchum. Pete, welcome back. G'day, Matt. G'day, listeners. Good to be back. What was that intro bit? What was our tagline for today? We've sold our soul. Oh, uh, mate, didn't I... Didn't you get the memo? We've I, um, actually got I, advertising for the first time, so... I've got to start going to the meetings. You know, yeah, you've got to start going to the meetings, and uh, yes, you've, you've got to start uh, wearing a t-shirt uh, everywhere with our sponsor's name and product on it, so... Um, no, look, we've got I'm, a little bit lawsy, a little bit Alan Jones this time. <laughs> oh, so where am I getting my golden microphone? An amber microphone. Mate, you've got the golden tonsils. Uh, yeah. I want an amber microphone. So. No, it's good. No, it, it, it's a, I, I, look, it's part of, the, I guess, growing up where we're kind of moving on, where um, yeah, perhaps Radio Brews News is into its adolescence and people are... Look, we've always had, right, right from the start, we've, we've received nothing but positive feedback about the whole concept of Radio Brews News, about the way it's delivered, about the, the people that we speak to, the uh, I guess the way that we, we cobble it all together and make it sound, you know, vaguely... Uh, in a, an unpolished professional product, I guess would be you know would be fair. We've got to the stage now where very well respected um, within the the craft beer community, and that's led to us being approached to um, please, can I give you some money? I'd like to be associated, you know, as a as a sponsor. So it's a good thing. Yeah, mate. No, no. Look, I I, I would never describe myself as uh, being respected. Um, you know, I guess that's for others to say, but. People do want to come on the show. It's it, it, we don't have the traffic um, that the website gets because it's a bit more of a, a niche thing. But certainly, people who are in the inter- industry and people who uh, want to know are enjoying the conversations that we're having with um, people. Had a great response to Brad Rogers. Yeah, had some fantastic guests, um, and and you get the chance to go a little bit deeper. Um, and the story, I always the feel story a bit funny the when. Stories. Yeah, and I mean, I always feel a little bit funny um, when I interview somebody. Like today, um, Stone would have announced that they're buying back uh, the twenty percent share from uh, Little Creatures um, and and Line. And I had a good chat with Jamie Cook yesterday. And when I came to write it, it, it's one of those things. It's it's very hard to um, you know. I'm never short of an opinion, but it's it's very hard. I find um, as a journalist to write somebody else's quotes without casting them in the way. That editorializes them. Now, you know, I, I editorialize all the time. In fact, anytime I open my mouth, I'm pretty much editorializing. But the great thing about Radio Brews News is that, you know, it doesn't matter what I say, everyone gets to hear the answer in the voice um, of the person who's saying it, and it's not going through a filter the way that the words sometimes can. Yeah, and yeah you yeah. just get to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, so I, I love doing it, love uh, our, our weekly catch up or our almost weekly catch up um, to chat about things. So, yeah, but it's just nice that people have started approaching us. Um, wanting to uh, to advertise and you know, obviously to reach our lovely listeners. Um, you know, so you guys have a lot of value to us. So even though you're getting this for free, we're selling your ears. That's it. And look, you you won't notice you won't notice any difference at all in the like in the, the way it's presented and all that sort of thing. We we will perhaps you know make mention of the sponsor in in certain um, areas and that sort of thing, but it's not going to be. You know, we're going to take the piss out of it. Let's let's be fair. The, the way we treat. The way we treat everything else, it's not. We're not going to take it too seriously, but uh, you know, James uh, and Monday to Sunday Brewhouse will certainly get there. We'll get value for money, um, but you guys won't sort of get pestered and feel that you know we've um, uh, sold out too much. 
Having said that, how about we... Uh, Who, no, who's no, our next... We're running who's an ad. Who's our first guest, Matt? So, yes, so uh, before we uh, go into our guest, we'll just speak to James from Monday to Sunday uh, Brewhouse, uh, our sponsor. So everyone, having been teased and told that we've sold our souls, can find out who we sold our souls to. Um, and then we'll uh, get on with the guest. So let, let's speak to James. Okay. James, welcome to Radio Brews News. Fantastic, guys. Thanks very much. <laughs> no worries. You look after those souls for us. We might want them back one day. <laughs> I will do. Some, some some people have told, told me I've had a bit of an evil laugh, so uh, don't don't, uh, don't don't despair. I'll I'll keep them intact. It's, it fits in beautifully. Actually. It's that it's good. <laughs> so so long as it doesn't sound like Montgomery Burns, I'm okay. <laughs> That's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> now, James, Monday to Sunday Brewhouse. Uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, about what it is and what you uh, aim to achieve with it. Uh, Monday to Sunday Brewhouse came about. Um, uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a plan of about two years in progress, and uh, we're we're about a, a month away from launching. What the uh, intended plan is really to enable homebrewers, um, I suppose, to get more enriched information, uh, to develop their brewing home brewing skills to more of a um, not so much a commercial plateau, but get more out of their out of their home brewing. Um, I have a lot of friends who were, you know, kind of tin brewers or malt extract brewers. Um, I myself was a malt extract brewer until I discovered the uh, the beautiful grain of malt and and uh, and its various uh, applications. So I thought about um, putting this this program together um, after doing a, a course actually with uh, one of our trainers, Vincent Costanza, and. Um, I suppose what what it really is is uh, Vincent runs very similar courses. Um, uh, we don't want to obviously don't want to take anything away from Vincent, but I want him to add something to uh, Monday to Sunday uh, to the Eastern Seaboard and to people who can't necessarily get to a lot of Vincent's uh, programs. And it's more of an intimate style. Um, it's based at home. Um, it, it, it's intimate. There's only five in the group. Uh, and it utilises a um, one hectolitre or one hundred litre full mash uh, system. Okay, I, I guess that's one of the things. A lot of people get into home brewing. You know, they they pick up the Cooper's kit, or more uh, more likely, they're given a, a Cooper's kit. It doesn't turn out for them, and so they don't continue. No. Or otherwise, they they stick at it, make a you know an all right beer, and like the idea of getting a little bit more creative, but it just seems too daunting um, to make that next step. Is that is that the sort of brewer that you're targeting, those that just getting into it and those wanting to take the next step? Absolutely. Um, I, I, I totally agree with you. There are, uh, I suppose, people who have, have gone to the homebrew shop in full knowing that they're going to go home and brew a Cooper's Pale Ale. Well, it, it really isn't quite that case. Uh, the, the, for starters, the, the brew yeast, is very different uh, in the in the top of the can. Um, whilst they obviously don't want you to have their Cooper's Pale Ale because uh, they don't want you to stop you from buying uh, Cooper's Pale Ale at the shops, uh, it's very similar. But um, you know, I, I think that um, whilst it uh, advertises that it, it is Cooper's Pale Ale, now I'm, I don't have anything against Cooper's uh, uh, personally at all. Um, a fantastic uh, Australian brand. Thank God for, for Australian brands. There aren't too many of them left. Um, the one thing is 
you know, you you go and buy these 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 type of kits, and uh, and whilst you think that you know you've got your finger on the pulse, if you if you don't if you're not a stickler for cleanliness and uh, and sanitisation, you know, it can all kind of you know all the money that you just spent on on buying this product and waiting the seven days, and and then you know another two weeks on top of that for the bottling and and everything else, and it doesn't taste right. You know, you get a little bit sad about it, so. Uh, Monday to Sunday was created so that we could, you know, encourage people that there are certain critical steps that you need to follow. And once you've got that down, you know, your, your imagination is where, you know, kind of your beard ends up at. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're targeting um, home brewers essentially. So, yeah. Monday to Sunday, James, also, you, so you've got a beginners, or it's got, I think it's called basic, and then there's an, an intermediate. So both two-day courses. That's right. Both five five to a class, so it's pretty intimate, and obviously they're going to really extend themselves and get something out of it. What's Absolutely. the difference between the the basic and then the intermediate? Okay, the basic course is for people who are who've been thinking about kind of uh, transferring from uh, malt extract or have tried playing around with like a brew in a bag or or maybe a fifty fifty. So we're looking at a, a half half mash, half malt extract. Uh, something to give their uh, their beers a little bit more body, a little bit more malt character. Uh, who've experimented around with different types of uh, different types of sugars. So, like you know, we're talking like dextrose or maltodextrin or or blonde you know style sugars or um, or caramel or you know all those kind of different uh, malt based sugar products. Um, and then uh, you know, kind of. I suppose the basic aspect is to give them as much information as, as we possibly can within, obviously within the two day we're, we're kind of under time constraint, but uh, to give them a really good basic idea about this is the way that we create, um, you know, a, a, a normal beer from using malt extract to a full grain mash brew. So the package B is, is more or less for people who've already been experimenting with grain and hops and different yeast styles and, uh, and, and saying, well, you know, if you want to put it in a cast, this is how you do it. If you want to, you know, you want to experiment with two different ty ty types of, uh, of yeast, or like, like, uh, Sass Lager, uh, 3470 30, or, uh, SO, SO4, then, you know, kind of, you can combine the two together and there's no harm in doing so. Uh, if you if you want to be a little bit more experimental, this is this is the type of course that encourages that that type of experimental or even traditional style brewing. So yeah, excellent, mate. I, I guess the big question is um, how can people get in touch with you? How can people find out more? Um, the best place I suppose to go to is the website at uh, www.mondaytosunday.com.au. Uh, they can now I should say that's number two Monday two, uh, two, numeral, numeral two. two yes <laughs> that took a while to uh, to get through actually um, anyway well, uh, the uh, website uh, email or the phone number on o two four o two three zero six two eight and Excellent. of course you can hear Matt you can also hear all about Monday to Sunday Brewhouse on uh, Radio Brews News. Well, I think that if they're listening to it on Radio Brews News, they were pretty much aware of that there, Prof. Oh, I'm just practising plugging. 
Mate, you and I have got a bit of work to, to do before we're uh, in the Lawsy and uh, Alan Jones category, I think. I, I think all yeah. you need to get down is a little bit of Valvoline. But anyway, we Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Know what I mean? If you're happy to uh, entrust to us some sort of tagline that we can create for Monday to Sunday Brewing, James, um, well, I wish, you, I wish you all the best for that. Um, but we're happy, to, we're happy to come up with something, if you like. Absolutely, why not? Let's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think Mon- uh, we looked at uh, you know a beer for uh, for every day and every occasion. Um, with um, I suppose home brewing, you know, was uh, was all about creating different beers for different days, or creating a beer for your mates, or um, you know, we've even been looking at kind of corporate days as well for um, for businesses that uh, want to encourage their team staff or at their next business function for, uh, you know, different beers for their days as well. So, uh, look, you know, um, I, I'd be, I'd be thrilled if you could come up with a, with a tagline. Um, I look, I look forward to, uh, to hearing it. Monday to Sunday brewery, ah. they own our souls. Um, how's that sound? <laughs> uh, there's a start. There's a start. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll work on that in our production meeting, James, don't we? We, <laughs> we will. Fantastic, guys. Well, uh, all the be- all the very best, and um, I'll be uh, speaking to the big man upstairs, and um, hopefully, some- we we get something good in the in the meantime. Excellent, James. All the best with the new business, and uh, thank you for for your uh, support of Australian Brews News. Fantastic, guys. Well, you're doing a great job well, there. I, I I think it's brilliant what you're doing. Um, yes, thanks very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Kind words for the <laughs> kind words from the man who's giving us the money. <laughs> it's supposed to work the other way. And, we, and, and a couple of beers on the side, I might add. We can eat no Thank you. <laughs> Good on you, you James. Had, uh, you had me at beer. Well, there, there, there we go. Um, hope everyone likes him as much as we do. Um, I'd love to get along and do one of his courses to actually uh, find out, you know, uh, a little bit more about brewing myself and uh, see what they're up to. But anyway, um, if you've got an interest in brewing and you want to improve, learn a little bit more. Um, uh, the, the links are all on the web uh, website. Now, let, let's get on. That, that's enough uh, grubby commercialism. Um, enough uh, all of that. Let's. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we've got the money in the bank. He's earned. He's, he's earned his pound of flesh. Who are we talking today, Prof? We're speaking to a bloke who really knows the plug stuff. He's he uh, like uh, many of the people we speak to. He wears a couple of different hats. It's uh, Steve Brockman, who is the media and events coordinator for the West Australia Brewers Association. He's also a co-brewer, along with Paul, the six foot six brewer, uh, which is his Twitter handle as well as the, his physical size. So uh, always be nice to him if you're um, commenting on any of his beers. Uh, from the Monk um, Brewery and Kitchen in Fremantle, and he's also uh, coordinating through uh, his West Australia Brewers Association role. Uh, WA Craft Beer Week. So we're going to be talking about all things WA and beer and craft beer. Excellent. Let's get on and chat to him. And yes, we're joined by Steve Brockman, who's the Media and Events Coordinator for the Western Australia's Brewers Association, and he's also the co-head brewer for The Monk in Fremantle. Steve, welcome to Radio Brews News. Thanks very much, gents. It's uh, good to be here. It's a long-time listener and first-time caller kind of situation, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that almost makes it sound like we're really in radio. Oh, you guys are pretty much. You're always on the brew house down here with Monk, so, no, good to chat. Oh, nice to hear. But now... We, we do want to talk all things uh, Western Australian craft beer, particularly seeing you've got a uh, big week of craft beer coming up. 
Mm-hmm. Before that, we might let the uh, listeners know a little bit about you know, who is Steve Brockman. So, mate, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you uh, come to be a brewer, um, and what path have you followed to get where you are now? Okay, well, uh, I guess the best way to describe it all was uh, I was very much a professional student uh, for quite a while, um, kind of going through the uh, the motions at Curtin University. I was studying medical science and uh, got really close to finishing that, and uh, basically just really fell out of love with medical science, realised I was going to be a bit of a lab monkey and uh, thought I needed a bit of a career change. So I was sitting down in my room and having a look at all the books that I had amassed and I had a really keen interest on beer anyway at that stage. I started a beer appreciation club at Union. had a look around and said, well, maybe I can make a go of this as a career. So I uh, kind of chopped and changed my degree a bit at Curtin to get out with a uh, viticulture and oenology degree and uh, did the postgraduate in uh, brewing sciences at ECU in uh, in Perth last year, and yeah, from there kind of got the job at the Monk halfway through the year. We, uh, me and the other brewer here, Paul, uh, we interviewed as assistant brewers, and uh, both kind of got the role to share the role, uh, which we thought, oh yeah, that'll be eight hours a week cleaning kegs. And uh, the head brewer at the time, Justin Fox, then turned around and said, I'm off to Swan, and would you like to run the Monk? And uh, two weeks later, we were running the month. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a deep end kind of experience. But um, last 18 months or so, it's been a really great experience just being able to go straight into the industry and um, become a brewer. So that's where I'm at now. And you picked up a few medals at the uh, AIBA this year? Yeah, yeah. So we did fairly well. It was because um, obviously with Perth, we haven't had a uh, Perth Royal Beer Show for a while. And so uh, the Australian International Beer Awards is our first awards show. And always nerve-wracking when you do your first, and especially when you're co-head brewers and straight out of uni. But, um, no, we did fairly well. We got uh, seven medals, so three silver and uh, four bronze um, out of eight beers entered. So, yeah, really good. And uh, one of our own beers that we concocted last year came away with a silver. So it kind of gave us that confidence that we are actually doing good beers and, and brewing some good stuff. So, yeah, always good to get the feedback it's in metal form. But it's, it's been a year or two since I've been over to uh, WA, which is uh, unfortunately uh, the, the biggest problem in being in a country as big as Australia. It can be a little bit hard to get around, but um, the, the, the Monk is a top spot. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? For, for those that don't know, you're pretty much just um, opposite the stone, uh, the um, sail and anchor and down the road a little bit, but it's a, a nice open terraced area that is just perfect for the uh, uh, Fremantle climate, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's perfect. You couldn't ask for a better spot for a brewery. So we're right in the middle of um, South Terrace, which is the Cappuccino Strip in Fremantle. Um, you know, only 25 minutes down from Salonanka. Uh, and, of course, Freo is just such a crafty hotspot. Um, you've got little creatures down the road. Um, Norfolk, a little bit further down South Terrace. Uh, you've also got Clancy's Freo. Um, so people that are coming down to Freo are pretty crafty and savvy as well. Um, and we've got a spectacular spot it's it's the biggest frontage on south terrace um a lot of people knew us as an old miss Mords, which used to exist here but we've been here for probably about five years six years as a business um and yeah um people are starting to actually get the fact that we're a brewery now because we're only a little small brewery um inside a much bigger restaurant uh but people are definitely getting the uh the the vibe that we're here we're here to stay and we're producing some good beer so uh frio's the place to be at the moment and, and there's been a bit, um, I've never really gotten my head around the ownership structure, but it's part of a bigger organisation, or has that all changed uh, recently? 
Uh, it changed not too long ago. So the um, ownership structure is basically there's uh, two owners that live in the States. They live in San Diego. Uh, and yep. we've also got two owners that uh, live in, in Perth themselves. So the two owners that are in, from Perth are popping all the time. Uh, one's an architect and one does an interior design. So uh, and the two that are in the States, they've got their fingers in a couple of different pies, but um, they're very craft beer savvy. Uh, and love craft beer, so we're 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 really lucky to have some good owners that understand what what's happening here. Yeah, no, because the first time I was, I think it, the first time I saw it, it was just after it opened, and it was there were there were huge plans for it. You had the brewery, there was a bakery there. It was uh, really gourmet food, and it was a really great concept. But uh, it may have been a little bit ahead of its time. But gee, if you've got uh, San Diego owners, they certainly are in, in the right spot to seed some ideas into it. With San Diego being such a craft beer hotspot. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, now that's that's you. What are the plans for the monk? Um, tell us a little bit about your range. You know, what beers have you got? What uh, beers have you got planned? Yep. Well, we've got a we've got a pretty good range. I actually like our range a lot. We've got um, seven core beers on. Uh, so we've got a, a mild, a mid strength, which a couple of years ago uh, was the best mid strength in Australia, according to the International Beer Awards. Uh, we've got a, a Kolsch, uh, a pale wheat. Um, uh, Rauk, Porter, and uh, Chief, which is American-style IPA. So we've got four beers that we consider those kind of easy drinking. Um, if people aren't familiar with our beers, we kind of put them on to the Colch or the Pale or something that's similar to a brand that they may already drink. Um, and then the other side of the, the tasting tray as such is we've got a smoky beer, we've got a hoppy beer, and we've got a darker beer and a Porter. Um, and then we've also got a rotating seasonal. So... At the moment, we've got two rotating seasonals on at the moment. Uh, so we've got the Oktoberfest Martin, which is a uh, traditional, or I should say Märzen, uh, as they say in Germany. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we get yeah. we get emails about that. <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I'll say it properly then. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it properly then. It's Oktoberfest Märzen, and it's uh, it's actually been traditionally lagered. So it um it took a lot of time and tank. So we had it just as we're going into winter, we get a little bit more quiet and uh, able to spend some more time putting the beers through tanks. So this one actually spent uh, almost three months cold. So do chilling. you count time or smoke as the fifth ingredient? <laughs> time. Time. <laughs> time on that one. So smoke is the sixth ingredient. I, I, I've, listened to these, I've listened to these podcasts and I'm, I don't even want to get you onto the soapbox there, Matt. But uh, yeah, time, <laughs> time is, the, uh, is the fifth ingredient for our medicine. So... Uh, I'd- yeah, and we've also um, and so we've also got a coconut stout on at the moment, which is on its uh, on its last keg, so uh, it's almost disappeared. But that's our winter seasonal, which is wildly popular, um, you know, very popular. And we always get emails saying, "Oh, keep the coconut stout on as a main time and as a core beer," but it's it's very much a seasonal for us, and it's something that we uh, we can't keep on all year, only because it's we haven't got enough tank space, unfortunately. Steve, what sort of um What's the percentage breakdown in terms of your, your core clientele? Because obviously Frio is and has been for quite a while on the on the list of, you know, if you visit WA, you've got to go to, you know, the Swan River and the Margaret River, um, the Swan Valley area. And then and Frio is kind of like, you know, in that top three. So do you get a lot of tourists or do you also have a, a, a core group, I guess, of, um, of loyal local regulars? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. So we definitely do have our, our locals, um, and you'll see them in here all the time. We get our regulars that pop in, and we kind of use them to, to work out whether our beers are drifting, actually, because um, a lot of our locals will stick to one beer. And 
you know, we've got Fremantle Hospital not too far down the down the road, and there's a couple of guys that pop in after work and always grab the same beers, and so we're always asking them how you like the beers, and they're a good litmus test for us to see that our beers aren't drifting off course too much. But um, yeah, obviously tourism is a huge source of income for us. Um, you know, we're close to the port here as well, so any time a cruise ship comes in, uh, we do get a bit of uh, a bit of interest. Any time any of the uh, U.S. Navy ships come in as well. Fremantle is just a buzz because you've got 5,000 people now walking around trying to get food and beer and all the rest of it. So, yeah, no, tourism is a huge, huge thing for us, kind of fair. Um, and Paul and I were both surprised when we were at the, uh, the uh, Gabs. We are sitting at Gabs and people were just knocking us on the shoulder going, oh, I've been to the Monk, I had your beer. And we're like, we're just a small brewery over in Frio. Like, I'm, I'm surprised we've got recognition on a national level of who we are. So... That was a pleasant surprise and kind of points out how much tourism probably drives our bottom line. And at the moment, all your beers are on tap through the through the brewery pretty much and can, or can people get them in Perth or you know, other places on keg or just at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, so at the moment, we've got a, a restaurant licence, um, which kind of prohibits us in WA. There's a, liquor licensing is, um, is definitely an ongoing issue in WA as far as breweries go, but... Um, yeah, we're kind of limited by our license. So everything that we produce is currently um, on 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 at the venue. Um, so all of the beer that we're producing is being sold on the venue, um, and there's not much room to wriggle, unfortunately, to get the beers elsewhere. So it's something that we're working on um, because we've had a lot of people approach us and ask us if we could get some or get some of our beer, and it's something we'd love to do in the future. But um, at the moment, we can't actually do it because our hands are tied. So and obviously capacity. It would be a um, a bit of a, a stumbling block there as well if, if you're kind of pumping it out as much as you can at the moment. Is there are there plans or is there space to put in some more uni tanks or a couple more fermenters or or is that kind of like a stage three down the track plan? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's something that we're working on at the current moment. So if you've ever been to the Monk, we're um we're quite a small brewery uh, with glass windows around it, um, so people can look in. That's encased by a open plan kitchen and bar, which is encased by a restaurant. Um, so we're right in the middle of it all, uh, and obviously we've we've got a limited amount of space actually on the um what we call the brewery floor, um, but we're very lucky that we have a basement uh, where we do a majority of our keg cleaning and milling and. Uh, that kind of stuff. So we've got um, we've got a couple of tanks down here that we're looking to put in before summer. Um, but yeah, as we expand with tanks, they'll all be going into the basement, um, which will provide some interesting logistical issues. But yeah, it's something that we're looking forward to sorting out, really. Mate, you talked a little bit about licensing uh, issues. So that's probably a nice segue into... Uh, your role within the uh, Western Australian Brewers Association. Uh, yep. Do you want to just give us a... Cause in a country uh, like ours, every state has its own licensing laws and every state seems to be different. And uh, Queensland has all sorts of problems with, for example, wineries, once they get their producer's license, they can just sell direct to the public. Um, they've got a, a license and they can also uh, um, you know, go along to markets and things to sell. What are, what are the licensing laws uh, you know, th- th- that are making it difficult for craft brewers in Western Australia? Well, um, okay, so the, the friends at licensing, I love the guys at licensing. Um, look, it's, um, it's a very, very lot. Um, generally, I'm not getting a very consistent response from the legal licensing department, but um, stuff like we, we organised the festival last year, the WA Craft Beer Showcase, uh, which was in the city and had a whole bunch of different breweries attend. And at the death knock, I got a, I got a letter back from the licensing department saying, look, 
yet we're all happy to approve the event, but these three breweries can't participate. Um, the monk was one of them, the old brewery. I can't remember who the third one was. Uh, Black Salt Brewery uh, in Northray, um, only because we all have restaurant licences. Um, and so they're like, well, you can't sell beer outside your own venue. And it's just the because small... Because your beer makes people drunker than... Yeah, exactly right. Breweries. Um, and, you know, with a week to go, I was looking at, you know, and putting in a whole separate area where we would sit down and uh, the ability to get meals from each one of these brewery stalls um, to get it through. But uh, right at the very last moment, they managed to approve it for us. So it's, it's with the licensing, I, I always feel it's an issue that they don't necessarily want to make it hard, but it's until people come up with an idea that they doesn't really fit within the law as, as such. Um, or hasn't been visited as, as a liquor licensing thing for a while, um, that's when they start to look at it and go, well, maybe it needs changing. But again, it, it's taking a very long time to get that done. And, and alcohol falls into that area where you know, alcohol is very much under siege at the moment. And, uh, you know, governments and liquor licensing, as I said, you know, often st- staffed by good people. Um, but there is so much pressure um for you know teenage violence and you know it's it's always alcohol that's demonised um, and without saying that there's not a problem somewhere um, you know how, how much how much of a role can craft beer play in portraying alcohol in a positive light? Yeah, for sure. I mean that's something we're working towards as well. Um, we've had one of our members actually just recently uh, beaten track brewery, which is out in Kalgoorlie. Uh, there's a actual liquor restrictions on on the town of Kalgoorlie and Coolgardie at the moment. Um, that may be extending a bit further out, but it, it basically limits the sale um, of alcohol over 6%, uh, which when you're a craft brewery and you want to produce, you know, a, a fairly big RPA or, or a barley wine or something along those lines, kind of has clipped his wings and he's got a couple of beers that he can't brew now. So it, it, we're definitely still trying to make that case that craft beer is, is not really the, uh, the problem. You know, if someone wants to go out and, and abuse alcohol, they're going to, you know, get out there and grab a goon bag at $15 um, rather than go out and buy a 500ml beer that's 7% for $15. Um, so it doesn't quite line up. Um, and it's, it's something that we're ongoing dealing with the liquor licensing department um, and, and just the general public and the media. Um, the craft beer is, is not the, uh, the enemy. It's probably one of the solutions because uh, we're trying and to that's... teach people to drink quality rather than quantity. That's um, one of the big problems, I guess, at the moment is is the perception that it's alcohol, whereas wine, you know, at 12, 13, 14, 15 percent um, just has a uh, cachet about it, that wine is seen as being more sophisticated. And I was astounded to learn recently that you know, more than half the wine that's sold in Australia, despite its appearance, is sold in you know, bulk casks. Um, mm. So far from being a, a beverage of, you know, hoity-toity, um, you know, cravat-wearing people, it, it seems to be something that is still bought in bulk at a very cheap price. And yet beer, um, which is, you know, still sold, the, the, the lighter-flavoured versions are still the biggest sellers, um, it has this perception. And I, and I find it every day when I deal with uh, food writers and, you know, journalists that aren't involved in the beer scene, they have a perception that that beer is one thing um and then you give them a craft beer and they say wow i really like that but i couldn't drink a lot of it as if the expectation is that beer is only good if you can drink a lot of it um and that's one of the reasons i bang the drum about um the 
brand, for, you know, beer's brand, um, because it, I, I think it's ultimately damaging. But that case in Kalgoorlie is a great example where a 6% beer that, you know, you'd, you'd find it very hard to drink in volume is just tarred with the brush because it's over 6%. Um, mm. what, 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 as an industry, can we do about changing that perception of beer? I think it's, it's a cultural thing. It's definitely a cultural thing. Um, you know, back in the 80s and, and, the, and the early 90s, Australia def, definitely had a, a world reputation for being, you know, hard-drinking, lager-swilling uh, people. You know, you've, you've got to change the culture of, of how we drink. So I think stuff like small bars uh, with, with a different cultural change where, you know, you can pop in and grab a really a really strong alcohol beer, but only grab a goblet of it at 250 mils or so um, and pair it with a dessert. And, and, and that kind of stuff, that cultural change, whereas where, where beer can either complement something or you can just have one beer as a compliment, you know, something that you sit there and, and, and have a bit of a think at. It's, it doesn't have to be go out, drink yourself silly and come home on beer. It can be just a one or two beers kind of thing. And I think that's the cultural change that we need to kind of educate with. Uh, and small bars go a long way in doing that, and, and good craft beer bars will also do that as well. Does Western Australia have the small bar legislation? Queensland's recently got that, and it's been fantastic for craft beer, and I also think for the drinking culture. But does does WA have have the ability for small bars to open up at a at a lower price? Yep. So basically, about five years ago, um, the the Perth uh, City Council managed to flag the idea that they wanted to build um, small bars. Uh, sorry, a lot more small bars within the city get a bit more of a cosmopolitan flavour to Perth. Uh, so what we've, we've been doing over the last five years is there's been a lot of small bars that are popping up, um, and obviously we're um, we're quite handy in the. Sorry, I've got some stuff and just floating under there. Maybe do you want to ask that question again? <laughs> no, no, just keep going. We we, uh, we, we 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 edit it. We'll make it work. Don't worry. Sweet, sweet. I'll start from the top. How about that? Um, yes, yes. small bars are definitely a. Uh, Definitely a, a focus. Are you getting that squeak in the background? I am, but that's that, <laughs> that's, that's okay. Good. We'll just we'll just blame Jane, Jane Lewis for it. Oh, okay, cool. Done. Bruce News. Actually, Jane is flying into Perth, so you could probably blame it onto it. She's flying into Perth <laughs> as we speak. Um, so yeah, sorry. Small bars. Yeah, there's definitely a focus. Um, the Perth City Council pushed uh, small bars into the into the focus for them. Uh, it's something that over the last kind of year, five years or so that they've been looking at. They've been granting a lot more small bar licences. Uh, but again, it's, it's a slow-moving process. So probably over the last year and a half, uh, Perth's been under a fairly heavy redevelopment. Uh, we've, we've got a lot of new things going on in Perth. There's always a crane in the skyline. Uh, so a lot more small bars are starting to pop up, even within the last 12 months. Um, and WA Craft Beer is probably the best recipient of all of that. Uh, we're managing to get quite a few of our beers on, on tap there and, and small bars are definitely recognising the role that craft beer plays in a uh, kind of a upmarket view with consumers. So it, it, people, it, it, people are demanding better wines, better, better spirits and then craft beer is obviously that, that next step as well. So it, it's a really interesting dynamic with um, licensing and craft beer and consumption and all of the problems. And I, I, I look at it because alcohol licensing sometimes has a, you know, the um, law of unintended consequences come in where venue, you know, the, the, the government to be seen to respond to alcohol problems um, and, you know, alcohol violence um, create precincts where you, you've got all of the nightclubs in the area, which, you know, means that they 
tend to have to compete against each other. Um, you know, when, when everybody's offering the same products, it's it's often competing against you know on price. So mm-hmm. you, you you're serving cheap alcohol. You've got bigger venues. Um, you know. They, they've got the security requirements. They've got all of these requirements on their, their staff training that all make the expense greater. So these venues have got to sell a lot of alcohol before they even start making a profit. Um, and you know, when you're selling more alcohol, um, you're creating more problems often. Um, the, the, the small bar license seems to get around that um, in, in a whole lot of ways because they're, they're smaller venues. They tend not to be in the very expensive areas. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you've got those lower costs. Uh, they tend not to have the same security requirements. And so they, they seem to not have the same pressure to constantly sell great amounts of alcohol. Um, and they also offer a slightly different product and tend to offer more the experience and more the al- and more flavoursome alcohol, which, you know, I talk about the flavour break, which slows it down. So, um, you know, it, it's great for craft beer because they're looking to differentiate themselves from the big venues. Um, the craft beer tends to... Uh, you know, not be the focus. It's not mindless consumption. It seems to be more, uh, you know, slower consumption, which changes the dynamic of the venue, which makes it a nicer place. And it also gives a, a new outlet for the new venues because they don't need to contract their um their, their taps to try and make ends meet. So it, the, the the small bar license seems to be a really powerful dynamic, at least to, to me, um, in both moving craft beer and also changing the perception of beer. What do you yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with everything you just said there, Matt. That was a bit of a soapbox. It was awesome. Um, no, no, <laughs> the, um, the, for sure. That that small bar. No, I'm I'm often wrong, but I'm never unsure. Yeah, exactly right. That's good. That's good. You you can hear the passion in your voice when you speak. I love it. It's um no, I definitely agree with you. Look, small bars are the way forward. Um, and for a while in WA, that that kind of five year thing we were it was a bit disappointed a lot of people in Perth were disappointed with how many small bars probably weren't getting approved or there was no space within Perth but with this massive redevelopment that Perth's going through I mean we're getting our our train line sunk in the middle of the city um there's going to be a whole bunch of new space we're also getting a new you know arena built right in the middle of the city uh and Northbridge is going through so Northbridge is our main entertainment precinct and usually full of the beer barns and stuff like that but only in the last 12 months we've got small venues and small tapas joints and, and just this kind of real cultural shift um, is starting to happen within Perth where you can go to, you can go small bar hopping within the middle of Perth CBD. And, you know, two years ago, that, would, that wouldn't happen right down our major street, St. George's Terrace, you know, um, 5 p.m., 5.30 p.m., it would be deserted. There'd be no one hanging around. There was no um, culture. Um, and a lot of people said, you know, Perth is a bit of a, craft beer wasteland in comparison to Freer. Um, but now, because all these small bars are actually happening within Perth and Northbridge and, and, and further afield in Leaderville, Subiaco, Mount Lawley, we're starting to get a real culture of people, you know, heading from work for a couple of drinks. And when they're only having a couple of drinks, you know, it's going to be it's going to be good stuff, you know. Have a good wine, have a good spirit, have a good craft beer. Um, so I, I think the cultural change is, is already happening. Um, and it's something that we, we're welcoming with open arms because... Uh, we love craft beer and we'd, we'd love it to uh, have more people drinking good beer. Leading on from that, Steve, I guess the, the next step is um, how is uh, WABA, or the West Australia Brewers Association, how are they sort of placed, I guess, to take advantage of the opportunities that, that these sorts of developments and, and changing culture are going to provide? Have we got, a, um, I guess, a lot, of, a lot of brewers on board? Are we all on the same page? Is there a united kind of um, feel? 
Uh, have we got lots of little brewers and big brewers and, um, you know, disparate kind of needs and wants? Or, um, you know, what, what, what's the story with the, the Brewers Association? Yep, so WA Brewers Association is um, as, as strong as it's ever been at the moment. So um, we've got quite a few of the breweries signed up. Uh, I don't think there's anyone that's really not signed up to the, uh, the WAWA. Um, and it's something that's very important for our industry. Uh, probably any beer organisation ebbs and flows, um, depending on who makes up the executive and, uh, and stuff like that. So uh, for a couple of years there, um, it was probably accused that WAWA was uh, in a bit of a, a bit of an ad as such, um, but the current team that we've got at the moment, the executive, um, we're all doing good things. So we've got Brian Fitzgerald, who is uh, basically Australia's first cicerone, so that's a sommelier of beer. Uh, he's uh, he's the president at the moment and has been previously president and under his presidency before. Um, everyone was super happy with how well we went along, so he jumped in this year. Uh, we've got uh, Alan Proctor at Billabong, who's our vice president. We've got Old Coast Road, uh, Andrew Harris as our treasurer, and our secretary is Reese Wheaton, um, who is a long-time beer aficionado, uh, and though not really linked to the brewing industry in WA, just you know has been part of Wobba for years now, um, and is tirelessly behind the scenes doing work. Um, and I kind of created my role this year. Uh, to say, look, you know, we're doing really good things and everything that we're doing is great, but we need to tell more people about it. Um, there's no point uh, doing all these beer things and not having anyone apart from the immediate uh, brewing industry know about it. So my role is basically getting the general public more aware uh, about WA craft beer. Um, and I think the WA public is obviously very aware about craft beer, um, but whether WA craft beer is at the top of their, top of their minds, uh, it, that's something that I'm working on now. So the idea is push WA Craft Beer. Um, and I mean, you know, Wabba as, as, as an association is doing very well. Um, we've got 38 breweries or so within the state. Um, and I'd say we have a vast majority, over 35 of them are signed up. There's only a couple that are, uh, at the moment looking at selling possibly. Um, and we've got more that join the market every day. So, um, yeah, very strong over here and enjoying what we do, mate. Mate, what's the feeling within Wobba about the Craft Beer Industry Association? Um, do you know whether many have joined? Is there support for a national association as well? Or um, is it WA, uh, sort of promoting WA? Yeah, so look, when, when that initially, the, 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 both of them come up, um, there were strong views outside within Wobba. Um, and so Wobba kind of dissociated themselves from the actual... The, the, the national uh, argument, we'll call it. Um, so between CBA and ARCBA, or ARCBA, I think, whatever, is it ARCBA? Yeah, ARCBA. Um, to be so honest, I wasn't the sure two... if they were still going. <laughs> I wasn't sure yeah. if there was still a split. I was just sort of looking at the um, the one that you hear from. Yeah, well, exactly right. And, I mean, that that was kind of the um, the point. But there's several people that feel strongly either way uh, within the WA industry. So what we've done is said, look, you know, we're... Wobba. Our main goal is to push WA Craft Beer. We'd like you to join. Um, we've dropped our membership fee for the year um, for all of our breweries to encourage the breweries that are within WA to join up to the national level organisations as well. So um, we didn't want any, any of our members to be slugged twice for brewery memberships. Um, so what we're doing is we've, we've completely dropped away our membership, which is 
uh, makes it a bit hard sometimes to run an organisation, but we feel that the membership this year is probably our bare bones amount that we can do what we want to do. Um, and then it still provides, you know, enough incentive as such. And we encourage all of our breweries to join a national organisation, either side of the fence that they're on. Um, and we've also got Jeremy Good, who um, used to serve on the, the Wobber Committee. Um, he's now on the board of CBIA. So, um, and he regularly attends meetings and will update us on what's happening at CBIA level. Uh, and we've got Mark Riley from the Old Brewery, who's representing us, uh, the ARCBA. Um, and will update us what's happening in there. So uh, I think it's the best solution for, for WA at the moment um, is to have a strong state-based organisation um, and then, yeah, report back to the national organisations and, and have our members uh, heavily involved in the national organisations as well. Um, it makes for a good brewing state. Steve, just before we move on to talking a little bit about your upcoming craft beer week, just wanted the the, the big news out of um, WA recently has been Lyon's decision to close the Old Swan Brewery um, and shift production to Adelaide and Tasmania. Um, what, what, what's the feeling within uh, you know, beer drinkers over there? Um, you know, we're a little bit removed. We can see the headlines on on uh, on, on the internet, but you know, what, what's the, what's the feeling on the ground there about the decision? Um, well, I mean, beer's always big news over here, so um, anytime there's some sort of massive thing with beer, it's always on the front page. So Swan got a bit of front page coverage for a while and uh, had the political cartoons and everything about Swan for a week or so. But it's obviously, uh, it's a huge hit for um, the WA brewing industry. It's, um, you know, although Wobber is primarily a, a craft beer-based organisation, Swan were always still a part of it. Um, and, and everything that Swan does... They're never the, the big boys as such. They're never the big, bad industry. The Swans always helped us out. Um, a lot of their employees have always helped out Wobble where they could. Um, and, you know, even during WA Beer Week, we've got a couple of the guys from Swan. Um, you know, one of them, Sean Sons, he's doing a, uh, a basically a judges calibration for the Perth Royal Beer Show. Uh, we've got uh, Justin Fox and Florian. They're doing uh, basically beer sensory training during Beer Week. So... Even though they are part of the big boys, they, they're always very generous with their time, their support, um, and the infrastructure that they can give to Wobber. So by losing those guys, it's a, actually a big hit. Uh, and not to mention, we've also got 80 people out of jobs currently in WA, uh, which are all fantastic. No, mate, mate, it wasn't 80 people out of jobs. There were 80 positions being made redundant. 80 positions, mate. Sorry. I, I, I'll correct. <laughs> the, the, the good correction to make. Completely different thing. Yes. Sorry, 80 positions are being made redundant. Especially to the uh, family members of those 80 positions. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly right. So uh, I, I hear there's 30 jobs being created in South Australia and a few in, uh, at both. So, um, But at this moment, I, I can't see a lot of the Swan guys taking them up, only because a lot of them are, are entrenched in WA. They've got families, mortgages, um, new families on the way. So um, a bit of a tough time, and we all know quite a few good brewers um, that are affected by it. Um, but again, I think it's just a wonderful opportunity for small craft beer producers to step into the void. Um, you've got Swan Draft that was roughly uh, about 10% of the market here, uh, and they'll still be produced, but I think a lot of the drinkers uh, that do drink it, drink it because it's West Australian. Uh, so you'll see a lot of them jump ship, um, and then hopefully straight over to WA Craft Beer. So it's, it's an exciting time. Prof, did you have anything? No, 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 we'll get on to um, WA Craft Beer Week. Cool. 
Well, it's coming up. It's um, it's coming up on the, the 9th to the 17th. So um, you probably haven't heard a lot about it nationally, uh, but we're definitely getting the ball rolling within the state. Uh, so it's your 11th annual beer week, uh, WA beer week. So we've, we've had quite a few already. Um, uh, but this one's definitely going to be the biggest of the whole lot. So we've kind of been inspired by events uh, in both Melbourne, Queensland. Everyone's having a, a good beer week, and so we decided you know what, it's time for us to blow our fingers out. Um, we're a really good brewing state, and we should be reflecting that with a really good, well-celebrated beer week. So uh, this year we've, we've pulled out all the stops. Uh, we've got over 40 events uh, coming through, so uh, it should be a, a pretty good week. Is there a bit of a feel, Steve, in um, in WA, and I guess Frio particularly, as, as it's kind of seen as the if you like the emotional heartland or the, you know, the, the it's like the Graceland or the, I don't know, the Holy Land of, of craft beer in Australia. Do the WA brewers kind of see that as either, yeah, but that, that, that was then, here we are now and it's all new and it's different, judge us on this now, or is there still that feeling that we've got a kind of, I guess, a, a reputation to protect? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's always, I think the tagline is the spiritual birthplace of craft beer in Australia. Um, and that, again, that could be argued, um, you know, but we've, we've had the Salonanca, we've had Midsilda Bay, um, within Salonanca and within North Frio, you know, we've had little creatures almost start off another wave. Um, so it's undeniable that WA's had a pretty big influence on craft beer within Australia, um, whether we're the pioneers of it or the, the first lot of it, um, it's, it's something that we don't really think about. But we definitely think about that we've had a decent influence on the, on the craft beer industry within Australia, and it's something that we'd like to keep up, um, and it's something that we 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 still continue to do so uh, quite well. Um, you know, you've got Australia's best brewery within Ferrell, um, and I mean Brendan's a giant of the industry over here, and um, and all of Ferrell really does a lot of things for craft beer, um, and we've also got a whole host of really good brewers that are doing good things, and, and it's kind of you know keep it up really it's we, we do really well and it's, it's just a feeling of well we're doing so well we could just put the pedal to the metal and keep on going and is there um interest in craft beer week from outside of the beer industry itself so like if we are there you know producers and cheese people and um you know foodies anyone else sort of getting involved as well in terms of you know beer and food dinners or matchings or any other events that are, that are that, Beer related, but not necessarily beer based. Yeah, yeah. So for this for this year, our, our kind of main aim was uh, we we're trying to get every brewery to basically run an event. Um, so when you got thirty eight different breweries across the state and stretching from Broome down to Denmark, uh, in, in or Albany even is even further down south. Um, you know that's a quite a large area to cover. Um, and so our main focus has been getting breweries to sort themselves out uh, and get events on um, and kind of promote to their local. Um, community. So a lot of the breweries previously probably haven't run events or regularly run events. Um, so that's been our main target this year. Uh, but we are getting a lot of uh, interest from other areas um, and it's something that we'll probably build on next year. I'm even at the current moment still getting emails in my inbox every morning saying, hey, here's a new event for WAB Week. Um, so the, the figure of our uh, events for this year is still climbing, um, but it's definitely something we'd like to focus on next year. We've got a couple of cool, really cool events happening this year, though. We've got um, a, a stout and cigar matching uh, at one of the uh, the premier cigar stores in Perth at Devlin's. Um, we've also got uh, a beer versus wine dinner at the Greenhouse. 
uh, with uh, the chef down there, uh, Matt. He's a fantastic chef, a very young chef. He's only 27 or so, uh, top of his game, running a great restaurant down there. Um, and there's a whole bunch of different people that we probably haven't had involved in Wobba that are getting involved. Um, so like the Beer and Beer Club, WA. Uh, previously, they've had no ties to Wobba, but we've got them in, involved in the WA Beer Week and they're having a massive dinner, sorry, a massive lunch at Rockpool. Um, so it, it's good just to get the whole industry together as a big cohesive uh, mix at the moment uh, and progress forward and put on a lot of events. Well, mate, throw in the official plug. So the, the website for, for those who may be uh, considering a, a, a trip over there or for the locals that may be wanting some information, where do they go? Yep, www.beerweek.com. It's pretty simple to remember. Uh, all the events are up there at the moment. We've still got a couple that are uh, probably being uploaded. Um, and the, the good thing about this year is um, we're also going interstate. So um, there is an opportunity for most drinkers around Australia to get down and get some WA beer into them. So we've got the uh, the Weedy Tipplers Tap, which is a new craft beer spot up in Queensland, uh, Beer Deluxe and the Pump House. They're all doing feral events. So there'll be feral beers galore across the country. Um, and then we're also celebrating pretty hard in Perth. So we've got the uh, Perth Royal Beer Show on the Friday night. Um, beer Royale, which is a completely free event um, with uh, 15 different breweries giving out free samples. I think we've got Two Birds and Stone of Wood uh, as the only interstate breweries that are popping along to that. Um, the rest will be WA-centric. There's also Fremantle Festival on the same day, so it'd be a great day to pop down. Uh, and then we've also got the closing party, which is on the 17th of November, as the Clancy's Brewers Barbecue Sundowner. So real real casual kind of thing. Pop in, grab some beers, grab a feed, get to chat to the uh, favourite brewers behind your brew. So uh, it's looking forward to a big week. So wabweek.com. Don't know how many times I can plug it, eh? <laughs> well, you are the um, media and events officer, so uh, yeah, you keep on if you didn't. Yeah, exactly right. You got to keep on saying those websites as much as possible. It's like a telethon. Yeah, that, that number again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Those donations coming. Yeah, exactly. Anything else, Prof? Good, Matt? Oh, no, no, no. no okay, I covered off everything I had. Oh, I Anything else you wanted to talk about, Steve? Anything you wanted to promote, hawk, talk about, um, highlight? Oh, not really. I just think uh, we've got a pretty good little scene going on down in WA. So uh, if anyone wants to come along and, and, and get involved, uh, pop across and come experience a great brewing scene over in WA. It is, I mean, it is really uh, exciting to see WA come along. I mean, when, I, when I first started writing about um, beer and uh, getting some you know, magazine articles published about it, um, the, the WA beer trails just lent themselves perfectly to that sort of magazine story heading down towards uh, the Margaret River. You can go down and there's half a dozen uh, breweries just in, the, in and around the Margaret River, and I don't want to um, minimize that count, but I'm just trying to think at first glance at the uh, half dozen I can think of. Um, yeah, there are breweries about, on the way. To... Probably about 10 at the moment, mate. So 10. Um, there you go. That's 10 been between a while since I've been over there. Um, but then you've got the uh, Swan Valley where Feral and uh, you've got, what, seven or eight up in the Swan Valley or on, on the way yeah. up there? Yep, Feral, Mash Brewing, Duckstone, uh, Elmar's in the Valley, quite a few. Um, you, you, you reeled off a stack in Fremantle. Um, you can head right up to Broome, which is well worth uh, going up to, and you've got um, Matzo's up there. Uh, it, it really is a great state for, for visiting, and th there is so much to, to see. and. If anyone's wondering, yes, I am angling for a bit of WA tourism uh, sponsorship. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's a great place to go um, because even if you uh, have people that don't necessarily like beer, um, the beer stuff is 
woven through the whole tapestry of tourism over there, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, um, we're very fortunate having those three kind of distinct areas, um, you know, Perth Metro and Frio. Um, we've got quite a bit of other stuff around those areas for people that aren't necessarily into beer. It's still very touristy. Um, Margaret River region, obviously, you've got 200 wineries or so between the capes um, and 10 breweries. Um, Bootleg started down there as the, uh, the oasis in a desert of wine. Um, and became wildly popular. So craft beer down there has now got a, a fairly big influence. Um, but if someone's not into craft beer or beer in general, um, there's plenty of wineries down there, beautiful coast, uh, and just an amazing amount of experiences in WA that you can experience. Um, and we like to think craft beer just slides right in there. Um, tourism for all of our breweries is a big part of their, their earnings. So, um, yeah, come across experience in WA. I'll see if I can't get some of those WA tourism dollars myself, mate. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously great, great growing scene over here. Yeah, how good is that? Oh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to work in as many sponsors as possible. It was almost oh, seamless. Mate, we, <laughs> mate, we are hopelessly conflicted here. We, uh, we, 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 this is the first podcast that actually has advertising in it. So, uh, mate, we just sell out. We have. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all right. Did you want me to throw to a commercial or something? <laughs> Actually, if you wouldn't mind, no. yeah, if you wouldn't mind just mentioning our sponsor for us, so that just, just mention the phrase, on. just mention the phrase Monday to Sunday Brewing. Monday to Sunday Brewing, great. Okay, <laughs> done. And we're out. There you go. Yeah, exactly right. That'll be a couple of dollars there, Matt. Steve Brockman. Um, thank you for joining us on Radio Brews News. Uh, thank you for being great supporters of the show. Um, and uh, yeah, look forward to talking to you. I won't be over in WA this year, but I'm certainly planning on uh, making a point to get over there um, for WA Beer Week next year. So Definitely. all the best for uh, WA Beer Week. Um, congratulations on all you guys are doing and uh, you know, keep us posted. Uh, and we'll have a couple of our contributors um, coming along to the events anyway, so we will be covering it for uh, Australian Brews News and uh, Radio Brews News. Thank you very much. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Matt. No worries, mate. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Well, there we go, Prof. That was a, a, a nice, tight 50 minutes. What do you reckon? That sounds good. Yeah, it all, all sounded very good. That was a really good speaking to Steve. And the only thing now that I, I, I wish I'd thought of earlier was that Steve is, is one of these guys who, who does often give us feedback and sort of, you know, oh, you know we, we listen to it. And people say, oh, I listen to you on the train all the time, I listen to you, whatever. Steve, you know, when they're brewing in the brew house, they do listen to us. So I missed the opportunity to give get Steve to give himself and his crew a bit of a, a shout out so that when they're listening in the brew house, they can, you know, say hello to themselves. So g'day to um, Paul, yeah. Steve and the brew team and all the guys over there at, uh, at the Monk who are listening to this as we speak. And uh, yeah, we'd love to get over there. And that, you know, that's a big problem. It really highlights it because WA always wins a uh, swag of trophies at the AIBA. And, you know, um, they were the winning estate this year, I think. Um, and yet it's, you know, much easier to go somewhere like Wellington for Beervana um, than it is to sort of wing, wing our way over to WA Craft Beer Week. And exactly. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's a problem, but great idea. They've been really clever because the tap takeover has been a good um, initiative um, and they've been very clever to at the same time as they've got the WA Craft Beer Week, um, work with the Tipless Tap and work with some of the great beer venues nationally so everybody can get a taste for it even if they can't get over Exactly, and to give a, a shine a bit of a light and give a bit of a focus to, um, to, to craft beer. And I should point out too that um, West Australia was also, not that... 
Now, I don't want to get into dangerous territory here, but not that we're the sort of um, uh, beer-related uh, media outlet that wants to, um, you know, do you know, give out awards for the sake of giving out awards. But if we were to, the Critics' Choice... Well, um, I mean, there, there's, there's three or four hundred uh, brewers and bottle shops and beer people that I'd certainly like to have as my finalists. Yeah, well, have you narrowed that down from 800? <laughs> if don't, if no, we no, were no. to have an award... Don't, don't be naughty. Don't, don't be childish. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. So, you're a brewer. Okay. So, don't... Let's let's just leave that. Let's not go there. But what I was going to say is, if there were awards, WA... Um, okay. So, from the first edition of the Critics' Choice Australia's Best Beers to the second edition, WA was would win the Most Improved Player Award by the length of the street. Uh, I think they there were the fourth, you know. So uh, most beers nominated in the in uh, overall, we're talking about four hundred and fifty odd beers came from Victoria. Then second was uh, New South Wales, then Queensland, then WA. But the second year, WA had jumped and jumped by a considerable margin into into second place. So it shows that you know once people find out about these beers and get a taste for the for the beers, you you realise that um, there are some very cluey brewers over there. Um, who are making some really, really good beers. It's just a shame that we can't get as much of it over here on the eastern seaboard. But look, if you have to travel, there are worse places that you could travel than uh, Perth and Frio and the Swan Valley and the Margaret River region that uh, Steve uh, talked about. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I made, I, I think, gee, it would have been around the time that you and I first um, started corresponding uh, through Beer Blokes and Beer Mat, you know, our, yeah. our, our old adventures. Um and we had a bit of a chat about drinking local. Um, gee, it'd be three or four years ago now. Um, and I, I made a New Year's resolution. You know, all things being equal, drink local. You know, meaning drink Australian craft beer. You know, there was all this hype, and you know, I, I think we can say the same thing for uh, you know, travel local. Rather than, I know a lot of guys um, head over to you know America or head to some of the international beer festivals, seeing them as the, the places to go. But you know, I reckon. If we really want the local craft beer scene to grow, um, we need to get out and support it. And you know, heading over to WA is well worth it. Um, exactly. And ha- having said that, I, I do, you know, and may- maybe uh, I'm, I'm wrong here, but, uh, you know, I, I do include New Zealand as part of the, the, the wider Australia, New Zealand, you know, the Anzac Beer Alliance or the Anzab. Um, exactly. Beer Alliance, so uh, you know Wellington um, and Birvana is a great place. Um, but yeah, so you know rather than head over to the Great American Beer Festival, as good as it is, um, head over to WA and uh, you know support the Australian craft brewers. Yeah, well let's let's put our um, um, our insubstantial amounts of money where our rather substantial mouths are, and say next year you and I, WA craft beer week. Exactly. All right. Let, let's let's do it live live from the monk. Yeah, well, yeah, we might have to do it. We might have to do a series because we might have to, you know, we don't want to just go, you know, we don't want to be seen to be playing favourites. Oh, no, 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 no. But who knows? That's who we've just spoken now to. Now that we've popped our cherry, of course, it could be anyone could be sponsoring us by then, you know, next year. So, because Jay, well, it, actually, <laughs> yeah, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we hope we've been gentle with you. Um, you know. In, in in with our grubby grubby hands, but uh, if there is anyone else out there with more money, uh, you, you you see how we operate, you know, um, you know, throw a little bit our way. But anyway, um, Prof, th- th- we're coming up to another long long episode, so we might uh, fire up the band, strike up the uh, umpa, and uh, get ourselves out of here. What do you reckon? Done. Let's go get a craft beer, a local one. That sounds good. 
Speaking of which, I'm catching up with Scott Vincent from Matilda Bay. Now, does that count as craft beer? Or it does. Just does it? Anyway. Let, let... It does. Hey, because we, yeah, we, we caught up with Scott. You and I uh, were in town, in the same town, at the same time. Uh, in the same this, town, in Melbourne. This time last week. Enjoying um, yeah. the hot, some hospitality out at uh, the, the brewery bar out at Matilda Bay. And yeah, Scott was saying that he's going to be up there and you want to catch up with him and tell him to keep up the good work. And ladies and gentlemen... It's, Another place that's well worth going to, uh, the Matilda Bay Brew Bar. It's great to see Matilda Bay uh, getting itself uh, together and uh, having a, a great venue. And how was um, it? Friday, and they didn't... Friday lunch, industrial Port Melbourne, and she was as full as a fat lady sock. There were people... And they, they kicked us out. Yeah, we had to move. We had to move out onto a... We had to sit on an esky out in the, in the, yeah. in the loading bay. Out <laughs> in the car park. Because they had uh, another table coming in that had booked, so good luck to them. It, it, it is good to see. Such... Such is our stature. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Where's the re- I don't get no respect. Prof, always good to talk business. Too. Thank you very much for uh, putting up with uh, Pete and I um, with while we do this thing. And uh, look forward to talking at you again very soon. Listen to you next time. Good on you, See you, mate. See you all.